Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. If you ever wonder how doctors learn those wonderful skills that they show you in surgery or they show just the side of the road at an accident or particularly with small children. Like, how do you learn to be a surgeon for a small child? How do you do it? And you'd wonder, do they have things like simulators, like a pilot, an airline pilot, learns in a simulator? They, they spend many, many hours in a simulator learning how to fly a plane. Would you believe there's something very like that? In fact, it's almost the same in medicine. Uh, Dr. Rory O'Brien is a consultant in pediatric emergency medicine. Rory, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. Good morning. Good to have you on the program. I think people would often have wondered that, like, how do you, and particularly you as, as a peds doctor, as a, how do you learn to work with such tiny bodies? And it is simulation, isn't it? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that, that is certainly one of, the, one of the, the ways we do learn. I mean, you learn by doing, don't you? I mean, much in the same way that children learn through play, you know, they don't learn from reading books or theorizing about things. They learn by doing you know, by acting out various things. And it's much the same way, really, for, for doctors, nurses, allied, allied health professionals, etc. We We learn by essentially playing, but in a kind of a structured, kind of um, objectives-focused way. Hmm. So what kind of what kind of simulators are there? What what kind of technology is used? <clears throat> yeah, so look, um, there, there's lots of different uh, kinds of uh, simulation modalities is kind of the term we'd use. So the, the most frequent one, one probably used... In the hospital setting, which is where I work, you know, we, we would have kind of a, um, a mannequin, basically, and kind of like a big, big doll, essentially, that you can perform various procedures on. And there's various levels of mannequins that you can use depending on it's really depending on what you're trying to trying to use, trying to what you're trying to get out of the 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 teaching session more or less and um, now there are more there are task trainers so for example for medical students or nurses learning how to put in a do a blood test for example all the way up to doing lumbar punctures or for anesthetists who are learning how to intubate you know p- place patients on ventilators there's there's all sorts of mannequins for that all the way through to you know augmented reality and virtual reality well, I, I mentioned um, things like the, the simulators that an airline pilot would, would train in. So let's take something mm-hmm. like the ventilation. Now, you know, you watch your medical show on television, that looks like it takes about five seconds. You, you watch it actually being done in, in a proper emergency room. It's clearly a very, very skilled act. When you're learning that, would, would, like, 
does the machine tell you you're wrong? Does the machine tell you stop? Yeah, it's a good question, really. I think um, it depends on the machine, right? So the the most important thing really is are the people who are um, who are you know both the students are you know it's not we're not just talking about students. I mean, I as a as a consultant, I'm still learning, I'm still practicing with these things. But the person who's kind of taking part in the simulation and the person who we call who's facilitating the simulation, who's kind of trying to help that person through and making sure they hit all their milestones. We have we have fancy um, fancy mannequins that can kind of give you actual feedback in much the same way as a patient can. However, however, they're quite expensive. Um, so we find actually in the day to day, we can use quite simple mannequins and we can get pretty much the same kind of learning outcomes from those things. Yeah, like I imagine in your own line of work a lot, you know, paediatric emergency, there's new techniques mm-hmm. emerging all the time. So so you'll read, for example, you'll read a research paper or you'll read something in a magazine like The Lancet yeah. and then you'll see a demonstration and then you realize, right, I'm going to do that myself. How do you go from seeing a new technique in your field of work to actually doing it? Yeah, I, I suppose it, it, it's a very good question. Um, I, I mean, you, you you need to you need you need a content expert. I suppose is the first. So there's two parts to it. You need someone who understands what you need to do. So let's say if it's um, a surgical procedure, you obviously need a surgeon who's who's who knows exactly what this new procedure or technique you're trying to do. But you also do need um, a person or a group of people who actually know how to how to for, formulate a, a an, an appropriate teaching scenario. Um, and um, I, I suppose a, a huge thing with uh, simulation, if you think about it, um, you're, you're learning with your peers. So, so we all get a bit nervous. You know, if you're, if you're in a big group of people and you're with your peers, you get a bit nervous. You don't want to look like a fool, basically, uh, in mm-hmm. front of your peers. So it's kind of how do you structure the session? How do you make it safe for everyone to, to actually learn and feel safe and open to trying new things? The, the real advantage of simulation really is that you can try things. You can push the boundaries a little bit more than perhaps you, you would feel comfortable doing in a patient uh, where it's not mm-hmm. safe to do it. So you can really try new things you can experiment much the same way as I was saying as a child who's playing um, they can experiment in much the same way that we can yeah I read a, a book many years ago Rory as, as listeners will tell you I'm sick of telling people I'm a kind of a frustrated medic in that I, if I hadn't been doing this job it's what I might have ended up doing and every every doctor I know says no you don't want to be doing anyway I remember I read a wonderful book years ago by a fellow called Dr. Bill Nolan <clears throat> he wrote a book about his own surgical training uh, and in that um, he he kept coming back to see one do one teach one do they do that still is it see one do yeah. one teach one um i oh know i mean i mean it's a, that's a relatively uh, outdated um, yeah this is 20 years uh, ago i read that book, idea you know? Yeah, and I mean it's it, to, to some to some extent. I, I mean it, the, the, and even if you go back further, it was like the, it was medicine and and doctors when when they learned how to train and and nursing and all those kind of craft groups. I suppose it was very much an apprenticeship model where you just kind of followed and you absorbed it all in and you just learned by being there on the boards and treating patients. Um, I, I think we're kind of moving into a. a sp- base now where the paradigm has changed a little bit where 
patient expectations are, much like what you were saying before, you know, you don't want your pilot to be flying, you don't want to be on their first flight. You, you <laughs> would have hoped that they would have gone through thousands of hours um, practicing in a simulator. I think the expectations now, um, and right, rightly so, um, from mm. patients are look we, we, we demand better I don't want you doing this for the first or the second time on me please um, I, yeah. I, at the very least you should have you should have got to a level of competency uh, on, a, yeah. on some form of a simulator prior to, prior to going near me with a knife thanks very much yeah. yeah the last question you want to be asked by anybody is have you done this before doctor <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so it's used for education and for ongoing training I mean here you are you're, you're oh, a consultant you, you would still go back if you like go back to the lab or go back to the simulation and say, this is new I've seen this happening in America I've seen this happening in Australia I want to learn to do it for myself and and, and there would be some kind of a simulation involved you, you make it, it's become competitive now though I, I read recently that there was a sim stars competition where teams from hospitals were tested against each other talk about that for a bit Ah, sure. Look, everyone, everyone likes a bit of competition, you know, uh, and it, it, there's no better way of getting people involved in something by just, you know, um, putting a little bit of a health, healthy dose of competition, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm the I'm actually um, simulation lead for the South South West Hospital Group, and I, I chaired a group that um, uh, it's a second year running. It was initially uh, founded by Professor John Cook. He, he works in in, a hosp- in University Hospital of Waterford. Uh, it was done online last year, but it, it was the first year we did... Um, it was a live live event and basically what we did is we we opened it up to to all um to all people who worked in all the hospitals across you know uh Watford, Cork, Kerry, uh, Clonmel Hospital uh, was, was there as well and um they, they kind of entered their their scenario so when you when you're creating a so let's say if you want to um test how well a team works in a challenging with a challenging case and um, th- there's no better way of doing it than creating a scenario so you almost like writing a play i suppose uh, and you put the pe- you put your candidates through it and you just see how how they go and they they can learn through you know through experimenting in that in that kind of structured play i suppose and um, so they they all entered their their scenarios and uh, we picked the best five and we had a we had a great night out in um, in Brookfield in the UCC um, Health Sciences Complex there last week, and um, a team from um, the hepatology team, uh, you know, uh, their gastro gastroenterology team uh, from CMH one, and it was a oh, has that line dropped on us there, Wayne? Are you back, Rory? Hello. Uh, yes, I can. You You're hear there. Me? That's okay. Yeah, you had you had a couple oh, of teams involved. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it, look, it was a great night out, and it was basically just to promote, um, the you know, how how much fun and how much value you, you can get from simulation, really. So, yeah, we sure. had a great night. One, one last thing, though, I can't help imagining that you know you do the the simulation with, like you said, the mannequin, and you 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 can do it perfectly on the mannequin, and and everything is. I imagine Rory that again even as a, a an experienced consultant like your good self the first time you go from mannequin to actual human being is there a bit of sweaty palms there um yeah i mean i suppose if you care about your patient if you care about your job you're always going to be yeah. a bit nervous and i think that's that's healthy i mean if you, you i think if you're you're feeling no nerves there's you know there's probably something not not right with you <laughs> i i think mm. as a patient you'd hope that your, your your clinicians you know that they that they care enough to get a bit apprehensive they want to do a good job um yeah. but yeah i mean that the, the whole point of training is that that's lessened to to a mm. stage where it's actually a healthy 
healthy amount of stress rather than unhealthy amount of stress. So that, that's the whole purpose of simulation, okay. really, uh, getting and, you to feel like you're, 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 you're battle ready. And lastly, in terms of the technology involved, how, how advanced are we in, in, say, Cork, say, somewhere like CUH? I mean, um, CUH itself, um, t- to be fair, w- would need further investment to, to get us up to uh, an international standard. Um, but in saying that, uh, in, in UCC, we have a, a centre called the Assert Centre. Um, which really is uh, a jewel in the crown, I would say, uh, in, yeah. in terms of simulation. Even on a European level, it is fantastic, and there, yeah. there's lots of um, great staff and, and equipment in there. So a big part of my job really is trying to get um, people working the hospitals around to, to get them into the assert centre and you know um, get get to get to play with all the technology that's, that's there. Yeah. I, I'd love to see that place, Rory. Thank you so well, much for you'd be being more with than us. welcome, PJ. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll t- I might I might well take you up yeah. on that. Dr. <laughs> Rory O'Brien, who's a consultant in paediatric emergency medicine at uh, CUH and also does some teaching in the ASSERT Centre. I have to see that. I have to see that place. I have to take a walk around that and see all the gear. Uh, thank you, Rory. Quartz 96 FM.